Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Crush Popcorn. I'm your host, Mark Johnson, and joining me again today is Stan Turner. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, how are you, Stan? I'm doing well. It's Sunday. So, looking forward to work tomorrow? Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> um, and today I'm going to get straight into it. We are going to be talking about Justice League, both the mainly the Stack uh, Schneider cut, um, but at the same time, I do actually want to start off by. Heading back in time to 2017, it feels like a totally different world away, and just to spend a few minutes talking about what can only be described, and this is from me as uh, someone uh, who can, can forgive some things uh, certain people do, but let's talk about the 2017 theatrical cut of uh, the Justice League. So, Stan, take it away, please. Sure, sure. I'll, let me uh, paint a picture here. So, uh, in 2017... Um, I was with my lovely wife and her cousin and uh, and her fiance at the time, but now husband. Um, and we were with a group of maybe two others, and we saw this film. And they're huge DC fans. They just love they love all of the movies. They've been a fan of much of the direction that the universe is kind of building on. And um, and and while this was kind of on the back back end of of Batman versus Superman and the flack that was kind of associated with it. They were very excited about the, the direction of where um, the DC universe was headed. And we went to the movie theater in Singapore. And uh, I think at least from just my standpoint, I walked out um, feeling confused, feeling a bit uh, judgmental in a way that I don't normally associate with films. I like to try to give it some room to breathe um, but the first thing I think that just jumped to my mind was how bad the CGI was. I'm sorry. We'll just we'll say that much. But I know they did reshoots. There's a whole thing. And do, would you like me to explain the film? Is that would that be better? No, I think I think because we're going to explain. And let's be honest, like the two movies have similarities in terms of the general direction. And that's the only similarities, by the way, I can say between the two <laughs> movies. But they do have a general direction. So I think we can probably save that a little bit. Let's let's just go full on. Reaction. Kind of, yeah, let's just let's just talk about the shit that okay. is basically in this movie. So I was trying to be polite earlier. Like, <laughs> let's uh, you know, if we can just jump into the muck, we'll Some do it. Some movies don't deserve politeness, and no. I think this is one of them. Yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, I was very disappointed. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was it was just all over the place. It felt. Didn't even feel cohesive in any form or fashion. Um, certain storylines didn't even take off. Like it didn't. It just didn't make any sense whatsoever. It just felt so discombobulated that I was like, "Wow, this is." I'm just surprised that they released this because I think this was supposed to be the pinnacle. This is supposed to be their Avengers, and it was so underwhelming that I literally was like, "Maybe I don't think I'm going to invest any more time into any of the, yeah. the this this particular space because I think it's just it's awful." Um, the jokes weren't particularly good. The reshooting, the, the storyline was, again, it was a mess. Character development. I mean, and again, I've, so I guess I'll just be candid. The previous films, I actually found them relatively enjoyable. Hot take, I maybe, <laughs> you know, in terms of the ways that people view Zack Snyder, uh, Man of Steel, and, and Batman versus Superman. But uh, I, I generally walked out of that like, wow, this is, there's, this is not going in a good direction. So I'd be very curious to, to hear your, interpretation and thoughts around the film as well but no i mean i think anyone i mean i'm sure anyone who's listening who has any idea i mean the the story is that um 
uh, Zack Snyder had basically finished filming the movie and then left the project and Josh Whedon was brought in. Now, there were a couple of reasons. There was obviously a family tragedy, which is very sad for Zack Snyder. But there was already wheels in motion, clearly, by that point, by Warner Brothers, yep, who yep, yep. had decided that they were not happy with the general direction, uh, the darkness or the slating they were getting, even though the movies were making money, they just weren't making Avengers money, which now having seen Star Wars and how much money that ended up making, and especially the last two, kind of puts into context a little bit the expectations around how much some of these, they should stop making movies for $250 million, basically, and then having to make $1.5 billion in order to make it worthwhile. <laughs> no, th- like the, the finance, like the, it just doesn't make sense financially, yeah. right? Like there's... The upsides are not there. They're just not going to see those upsides and returns that they think they're going to see. Yeah, I, you know, like I mean, let's not take too much of a tangent, but I do really think the financial side of how movies are made is something we'll have to explore at a later point, maybe because I am the a lot of the directions that this this film went in versus and the amount of money they spent, right? Like just thinking about what they did to have to bring in Josh Whedon to have to then reshoot all of this. Like it, how? I, I, and, I, and then they've given they gave. Zack Snyder another seventy million to it finish make this. Sense. It's, 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 I, so this movie probably cost upwards of four hundred million dollars. Yeah, and that's before marketing or anything like that. It's it's insane amount of money. We have to again. We'll have to kind of. I, I would love to be able to just maybe dive a little bit deeper into the numbers because mm-hmm. that side of it to me makes like that's like well, this is a, usually a financial decision, right? More, largely. You know, you can argue that maybe the themes and tones are, are just as important, but that's important in selling the movie, right? Like, and selling the movie is the again something that's. I, I didn't really think it was a problem. Now, me personally, it's something that I think you can kind of, you can go both ways on. But at the end of the day, it should make financial sense, yeah. and that's what it feels like. This movie has not done, and perhaps that's something. Well, again, we'll just have to kind of figure out. We'll actually go through the like, you know, pad and pencil, and then figure out what the cost of this stuff was and, and how it plays out. But if you do hear meowing, that is a cat. Uh, it's the it's a working from <laughs> home. It's the working from home issue you now have. Um, so I've just got. I wanted to go through By the a way, bit better than the dog barking. So, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So it's, uh, you it's, can it's, definitely it's, muffle that out a little bit. A little more subtle. I appreciate it. So I wanted. I've just got a little, a tiny list. I didn't want it to go into it too much because I literally rapidly went through the uh, theatrical release. But like some of the things that like, and like honestly, it's a bad movie. It's a mess. There are. I actually think I could have written a thousand things about it, and I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to give this movie that legitimacy by so a few things that stood out just so i think i mentioned to this stand before we started recording so the the movie is so bad that it's bookended by two pieces of terrible cgi uh both to do with the mustache uh mustache of superman which if you didn't know they did these reshoots he had gone away to make um mission impossible, mission impossible. they Blatantly, deliberately said, no, but he's not allowed to shave off his mustache just to kind of mess with DC. <laughs> and, and a competitor, you know, I, I think everyone would do that. So basically his face looks weird. His upper lip looks like it's kind of been tightened and it had surgery on it. And I noticed today it wobbles in the end scene. Yes. So basically yes. the first shot of the movie is just a terrible piece of CGI. And then it ends on him on him with the flash uh, this race they do, which is really lame and a terrible way to kind of end the movie. And it freeze frames on the CGI of his lip. 
And it's like, you, this movie is so bad that that's the best they could do for the start and end of a movie. So, so that's, just, I think that already says everything. Um, no, no, the theme of this movie is why? Yeah. Why? I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask that question so many times in this, well, this, this, this just at least this particular, particular section of the, like the theatrical release. Why? So next up, <laughs> um, it's that opening scene. And like, this is already like, when we get to talk about the uh, Snyder Cut, this is where it just starts to diverge massively in terms of the structure of the story. So the start of the theatrical releases, Batman catching one of those alien things. And for some reason, the mother boxes show up after it explodes on the wall. That's the only way this story can start is by something as lame as that. Now, don't get me wrong. There is, in the new version, it's not like it's not this slightly cringeworthy a little bit, but it makes sense within the world that he's built. This, just, it's like we need to make a movie start. Therefore, I know what, just appear on the wall. It's, no, no, it's inexplicable. It's the, why, again, the question is why? Like, there's so many ways that they could have at least done the due diligence of explaining yeah. the importance of these mother boxes. Like, okay, they splatter the guy, green stuffs around, and then these like three boxes, and it's like, oh, huh? There's, like, what, what, what rule? There's what, no what, rules to this world. There's no. So I then um, one thing I would like to say as well. So I'm trying to get through this because we're going to have sure, sure. four hours to talk about uh, <laughs> in the other one. So. Everything moves so quickly. So I marked down that 38 minutes was when the Flash agreed to join um, Justice League, uh, the Justice League. That means the whole setup of um, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, uh, Batman, almost coming to the decision to bring, uh, spoilers, but sorry, you should really know all about this, um, but a, a Superman back to life was 38 minutes into the movie. That's this thing moves like, okay, four hours is too much for one movie. Two hours for this type of movie just doesn't allow you to do anything at all. And so you're already, um, yeah, you're just already just miles into it. Well, and, and I think, again, like putting it in perspective, I think the film, and well, don't quote me on this, fans, but like if, I think the film's like, an, like under two hours even. It, so, uh, with, so I think the credits literally roll at about an hour, hour 59 and 58 seconds. Right. Okay. So like they could have had an extra half an hour. I mean, if, if you're thinking like this was going to be your blockbuster, yeah. you know, your biggest film to date, which is bring, you know tying in all these storylines and characters, you give it two and a half hours. I mean, look, you, you might as well do the same thing as Marvel's done, right? So, no, and people are used to it. Most movies now are creeping up. You know, I blame Lord of the Rings really for starting this, the kind of three hour epic. But you know, people wouldn't would forgive you for okay, well, Godzilla and King Kong's probably two hours fifteen minutes. So, I mean, like, no, absolutely, this is fine. again, why? Yeah. Just tell me. Just tell me why. That's all I'm going to ask. It's like I, there are so many choices that they made in this that I just I don't understand why. Um, and if we maybe when after he's done his his um, apology tour and maybe we could ever just ask Josh Whedon why. You know, what, what's the direction you were thinking about when you decided to kind of add this particular component in? But, so I don't want this to be a Josh Whedon um, uh, like a bashing thing because. Uh, but I did want to raise one thing because. Josh Whedon, for a while, and this shows how far we've come, and we still have to go, but thank God how far we've come. Uh, Josh Whedon used to be held up as a bastion for kind of women's representation because of Buffy and things like this. And like just over time, you realize how badly he portrays. So I was watching this, and I was like, oh, like the whole underlining creepiness of Batman and how he thinks of Wonder Woman. 
Wonder Woman is there as like a piece of kind of candy. Yeah. Like that's how it's discussed. Yeah. And to be fair to Zack Snyder, even though he doesn't do as good a job as the original Wonder Woman film, which does the best job, not 1984, he does he doesn't treat her like a piece of meat. Whereas I forgot Josh Whedon really does treat women in his movies like kind of meat. It's, cr it's insane, and I mean, the, like, there's there's a, the scene with uh, I think it's um, Lois and the mother, like, and it's like you know, I mean, again, like you know, they're trying to do this like acknowledgement of like, you know, I'm not going to tell you my source or something, and I was like, what? There's there's just so much in this movie that I I don't really like. You're it one in, in hindsight that just looks awful as well, but like yeah. you know, this this idea that you, know, you portray one thing and then of course act a certain type of way behind the scenes is another, but the idea that this is, you know, that he's again the bastion of of what you know potentially feminism or the this, this movement of towards a you know more about powerful, more local leader leadership done. I don't, there's so many things in there. I just really, I'm at a loss for words, and I just again I don't want to. I just going to raise this question: Why? That's all okay. it is. So the last thing I did want to say, and we will come back to this because it's that I I think neither film did it particularly well, um, and we will come back, but. Obviously, having just the whole Steppenwolf, well, one CGI is terrible. Like it is, it's like pre-Gollum CGI. Like it's, it's if it had been in Mummy Returns, I think, with alongside the Spider King, a uh, Spider King, Scorpion King, I would have been like, you know what, this fits. This is okay. This works for two thousand, yeah. but it doesn't in twenty twenty one or no, sorry, two thousand seventeen, where you're seeing. Like, you now don't notice CGI sometimes. It's so good. Like, yeah. they do such a good job. And the fact that your main baddie, one, has no or very little motivation because you've written out actually the main, big main baddie for right. a storyline. And then you've cut. And when we come back to it, we'll come back to it, the, the, the Snyder cut, because you realize how many of the scenes with him in they've cut. Um, so he has no real motivation, bar random boxes doing something. And he looks terrible. And well, That was one of my questions. I was like... I, I had this written down for us to talk about. Like, why did they even change the appearance of Steppenwolf? I didn't. I mean, I didn't think there was anything wrong with the. Well, at least now that we've seen the, the the Snyder version of it, it felt like okay. They changed the wardrobe of it. The guy looks thinner and smaller and less impo like imposing. And I'm not saying that was a defining kind of piece of uh, of the battle, but like it felt like there was something in there. Like again, we're, and we're jumping a little bit ahead. Why did they change the appearance of Steppenwolf? That must have cost so much money too. From the, like just a, it, it, so you start getting the feeling, and again, the, I think there's going to be a book written about this stuff. Like that's going to be really interesting because you start them thinking: Is there like an element of just nitty, like reve not revenge, but like petty little? Because I'm thinking, I agree with you. I, I'm like his design in the, in the Snyder Cut, not brilliant by any means, but it has this element of Sauron, like you know that kind of big powerful like you feel like he can hit eight people and they all go flying at once you're like that makes sense well so my idea of this and i when i'm going through this now and i'm kind of vacillating between like the both versions i'm wondering like is this the way that he wanted to kind of make it his own film rather than like oh i'm just you know doing some editing and kind of modifications of the Zack snyder film yeah um and now i've made it like now this is my original film almost in a way that like granted, the story arc's the same. There's some similarities, and just you know, there's scenes that have been spliced in. But this is the way that he puts his own fingerprint, his handprint. And did he do a better job of selling it to the executives? Like I, I really, I am again at a loss because it just feels like there were so many differences that I just felt 
it didn't have it didn't add anything to the film. Yeah. Where uh, I think at this particular point you needed to subtract based off the length and what they had on you know like on the available for them. The idea that you needed to add even more to it made no sense to me whatsoever. So I just feel like it is a bit maybe it is petty, maybe it is like him a bit of an ego. Like I want to make this. Yeah. You know what? This is my thing. I make great films on the you know the Marvel side of things. Like I can do this for DC as well. Forget what Snyder did, but we'll just kind of discard it and then kind of like boom, I'm going to give you something great. And boy, did it did not land at all. So like, I, I think I agree with you a bit. I think there's also just like a bit of ego involved in, in yeah. kind of like then um, all of this. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like that. It feels, um, yeah. If, like I, I made Avengers and Age of Ultron, but let's not talk about that. That's yeah, a, right. But you know, I, and these movies made one point whatever. And arguably, Avengers really did actually. They they had started to grow, but it really solidified, and that working was like almost kind of what really baked in. Okay, Marvel's got this sorted. And you know, I think let's, let's just really to be honest, like you have to realize Marvel also spent a ton of time building the backstory of all of the characters, like. You can understand now why the Avengers became the Avengers versus, you know, like they only had really like two, two films, maybe three films. Um, Aquaman hadn't come out. Uh, Wonder Woman hadn't come out. Like, we don't really know that much. Like, we just, we have an idea. We have, you know, the Inkling. It's a lot of it. It's probably maybe the comic nerds who are, who understand the full, uh, you know, context and the backstory lines of all this. But for most people, they have no investment in these characters whatsoever. And then for you to just kind of try to piece them together and like, do this and and then do it in an hour and fifty nine minutes. Like I don't, man, forget it. Like I just, I, I, I really again when I walked out of that theater, I was like, this is it's over for DC. Like yeah. this is a wrap. So yeah, and I think just just to finish this off before we kind of move into the new one. Like I mean, Marvel. Like they even gave the um, first Thor movie to Kenneth Branagh. A guy who directs like Shakespearean pieces in a thespian actor like you know like Marvel really took their time and they had a lot of missteps don't get me wrong especially Thor actually uh, probably the worst like grouping uh, of the the films if you want to talk about it but you know they had a lot of missteps but yet again because they built up an element of I think um for every bad movie, you then watch a great movie up next. And they built up that kind of element of trust. They took their time of it. So it's like Thor, I understand. So he's only, say Thor's only in 20 minutes of Avengers or something like that. Sure. I understand every bit of his motivation because I've seen the other movies. Sure. And, and it's the same with Tony Stark and Iron Man and all this stuff. So like then that way you don't have to actually have them in your movie that much because you can, you can have 20 people in a movie because... I already know so much about the. No, I mean, I think that's the, that's literally maybe the fatal flaw of, of Justice League when it came out. Maybe they should have done. Maybe they just tried to rush it, right? Like I think this is an element of like trying to you know keep up with the Joneses in a sense of like Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Mar- like Marvel's doing this. We need to start moving this, and in a way, I think it bit them in the ass because like that's like there's no explanation for it. And you know, if they were using that kind of approach. Which then you would focus on Cyborg, you would focus on Flash, you would focus on Aquaman. Yeah. You would, like those characters would be the parts you develop because we already know Superman, we already know Batman, right? Like that's easier to sell. I mean, again, but those are also like the primary. It's like it's. I can understand the calculus that was like these are the primary guys. You can't really take too much of them out of the film. But I do think that like you know we'll probably jump into this as well when we're talking about the Snyder cut. It really like it pays to actually make the investment in the other characters, right? So um, you know, I mean, I just. 
it just seemed like a missed opportunity, really, to be honest. Yeah, totally. I just, I just think, yeah, they... You, you kind of just assume Superman and Batman are going to sell. They're fine. They're done. You don't need to worry about them too much. Make them be the fourth and fifth movie of, you know, their own, like, storylines and all this stuff. But, you know, people would have been so excited just to see DC because it's the comic book stuff has grown so much. You probably could have got away with a Flash movie at the start. You could have got away with an Aquaman or a Cyborg. Um, and one we're going to talk about because turns out that you could have actually had a really good Cyborg movie. Um, no, no. And you, you screwed it. Wait, wait, what, what's the elephant in the room? Wonder Woman, like, easily could have made that one, like, the, right before Justice League, yeah. right? Some Something that, like that would have, I think that would have been a better entry into Justice League than. I mean, you got three out of the, you know, three out of maybe the five characters that at least are well fleshed out and done in a manner that allows you to kind of really like, oh, this is great. Okay, I understand everything. Absolutely. So um, we have four hours to get through. So uh, um, let's go. <laughs> and yeah, so we're going to talk about these Sack Snyder cut. Bit of context again, if you don't know, um, there was this kind of a fan campaign, really, for a while um, that was released to Snyder Cut. And and for a while, it was like, uh, reading on it, um, it was like, oh, there are some scenes, but it's not enough to do a movie, blah, 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 blah. Like, this doesn't really exist. Because to be honest, even in pre-internet days, there's always like the, the special cut of a particular movie. Mm-hmm. We've seen multiple cuts of Blade Runner and all this kind of stuff and scenes that have, mythical scenes that exist that don't exist. So it's really interesting. But this actually ended up turning out, as momentum was built, that it turned out they did have a ridiculous amount of footage. And uh, Josh Whedon had basically got rid of pretty much 90% of anything Shaq Snyder had actually filmed. So there is actually just this movie. Uh, Dude, he, he gutted that film. Yeah. Right? Totally. He gutted, I mean, let's just call it what it is. He yeah. gutted that film. And so, um, yeah, just the momentum built. And just at some point, I do think some of the stars also started to get behind it. Um, the money men at Warner Brothers must have started just crunching numbers and were thinking, you know what, actually, there's something in this. Um and, and and one thing I am glad is I'm glad they actually gave the money to complete it. I think what would have been kind of crappy is it could have been this kind of... So there, what, I was reading an article. So there's a special edition that the director doesn't like. No, I think it's Zack, Zack Snyder's, one of his previous works. And that like there's this cartoon that they intercept through... The actual film, I can't remember what one it is. Is it extended version of, of uh, Batman vs Superman? I don't think it's that. I think it's something else. I think there's like something. Was it him? Anyway, yeah. anyway, like he was saying, like that was too much. Like that wasn't there to actually be out in front of people as part of the movie. Yeah. So I think it's like my worry was was that they were just going to have this kind of Frankenstein movie with knowingly half finished scenes, but it's like almost like well, enough people will like it, and we can call it something else. Like it's a restoration, like, you know, how sure, people, sure. like, they PR it or whatever. <laughs> but, like, I was actually quite glad that, you know what, if you're going to do it, if you're going to lean into it, if you're going to do this, then, you know, do it properly, essentially. So, yeah, so, um, movie's completed, it's released, it's four hours long. Um, Stan, yeah, initial thoughts. So, in comparison, I, and I, again, having watched both now, you know, um, back-to-back, it's night and day. Like this is this is innumerably better. Innumerably better. Like um, I mean, there's so much more to understand. I mean, like I think just initially, I was like, "Wow, they're they're giving a lot of time to this." You know, this scene with uh, like the, the 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 Amazons and fighting. Like I mean, that was like a felt like a 20 minute scene almost or something. Yeah, it was. Like that. Like it was, it was, it was like a long a long bit. But like a part of it is also like there's just 
they it felt like it wasn't rushed and I will say that you know like it's not without flaws I'm not gonna say it's like the best DC movie but I was pleasantly I mean almost you know overwhelmingly kind of surprised by the the ways that it didn't necessarily it, it struck the balance that I think like where he may have heard criticisms about like the previous films being too dark or too like I felt the tone of that was fairly neutral like in all honesty and I mean just as like just from my perspective I'm not a big fan of like the kind of bubbly Marvel clean squeaky uh, you know I wouldn't call it you know effervescent but like there's like a, a you know the perkiness that the Marvel characters do where they joke and they have this kind of banter that I really I mean guys again I like Man of Steel I. Didn't think I think when revision and rewatching Batman versus Superman, I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. So I'll maybe be taking a hot take here, but like I generally thought this was a good film. I liked the way that they built the story. The the, the arc made more sense. There was so much more um, content in terms of like character development that I just felt this is like Cyborg. I know who Cyborg is now. I mean, like he could have had his own movie. I think there's a, there's so much more to, to explore with him. The think the Flash side of things like. That understanding of what what he where he's trying to come from. I mean, they could have done a better job of it, but still, there's only so much time I think that they could devote to like his father, that backstory. Did they mention? I'm trying to remember because in the theatrical cut, they mentioned that Flash's dad is in prison for murdering his mum, even though Flash says like he doesn't yes. do it. I'm not sure they mention that in. the... No, they do. Like, oh, I mean, I think yeah. They, yeah, they mention it like with when he's doing the the phone conversation with his dad. Right. Okay. Uh, and it's like again, it's one of those things like. Does it really add like that much more information to what we know about him? Probably not. But like in a way, I think it does allow you to kind of get to see more of him than who he was that jokey kind of like brunch joke that would like, I mean, there's this, again, there's so many things in there that I'm like, this is, this is just better. The dialogue's better. It, it makes more sense. Like there's a cohesion to the story. We're just going to ramble a little bit more before Mark jumps in. But I was just, I was just going to say the dialogue's better in parts. And I like, it's actually, what's very interesting about this movie my gripes of it are very centered on just a couple of characters more than the rest. I actually have no problem with pretty much the dialogue and a lot of the other stuff with other ones. So my, my general, so it's, I think it's important because I think Stan's been obviously waiting to hear my, so it's a, uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, the juice is going, Mark. Come on, come on, what are you, you going to give it? Uh, one, 100% a better movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. It's, 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 this is watchable. Um, and I agree with you. It's, there are two things that strike you. One, you don't sit there going, oh my God, everything is falling apart and exploding and like there's this noises yeah, and yeah. like at no point, like the action I would say for the most part was legitimized in this movie. And I think there is, I would say the one thing about Snyder is that actually is never true in any other movie. Even if you like his other movies, I would say there are a lot of scenes you can kind of go, Come on, that's just someone go. That's like a child being given paint and saying, Chuck, yeah, Chuck throw it at the wall here. Um, okay. So, in this movie, it was his first movie I've seen of his for a long time. And that's not just his DC movies, where I felt there wasn't an excess. It's like he had listened and so gone. So, it was muted compared yeah, to, like, comparatively. Like, and um, it wasn't as dark, it wasn't as loud. Like, I remember watching Man of Steel and Batman and Superman. I definitely hate them far more than you. But <laughs> I, I remember literally, I think, I can't remember which one being so annoyed by the movie that I was like, is this going to be the first time I ever walk out of a movie? Wow. Um, like, and that's how much that's where I am. So for me to now say, watching this, I was like, a lot of this feels earned. Um, he's, he's, it's cool. I'm watching a director learn 
and listen to people um, and go, oh, actually, yeah, maybe I have it been excessive in X, Y, and Z. So I'm going to learn and I'm going to tone it down. Um, what I would say, I mean, about this, it felt very much like, and obviously this is not the forum to discuss why this is nowhere near as good as these movies, but like this felt a little bit like you could see where his free film art for the Justice League was coming from. And you can feel like there's an element of Lord of the Rings in terms of the way he builds the scenes and characters and the plotting throughout it. Now, the problem is, is that he's not Peter Jackson, and like there's there's a there's a definite lack of skill relative to that. But like it felt like actually, you know what? Like this is no different really to King King Kong that Peter Jackson did. So when some people are not telling him to edit or he goes over the top, that like that feels very much like a kind of Zack Snyder kind of thing. So anyway, long story short, it's a far better movie. There are a lot of the things that really annoy me about Zack Snyder that were far, far more muted. Um, it felt far more skilled. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Um, as a storytelling, I think more than anything. I think there are, we're going to get into some of my gripes <laughs> shortly, but I just think all of those positives did stand out. And I would say it had me, and again, where I stand on like how much I would recommend this is, is questionable and probably I'll come back to it to the end. Um, but I really enjoyed the Batman and Aquaman, Aquaman start. I enjoyed how oh, yeah. long it took Batman to get there. I enjoyed their dialogue. And now watching the other version and realizing how different Batman is in the scene. Batman's like a kind of jokey arsehole in the 2017 version. Yeah. And in this, it's played quite seriously. But the tone, the colors suit that. And I was like, okay. I actually, I, I could watch these two now more. I could watch more of that. And so having that at the start relative to a mustache, CGI non-mustache, yeah. those two things, like, I think just automatically stand out as like, yeah. No, I mean, I, like I said, you can, you could look at like, I'll just pull out really quickly. Like I, I think part of what this, what his, his storytelling style is, and I agree with you. I think it does kind of try to, I think it tries to, you know, maybe take parts of the Lord of the Rings and, and Peter Jackson's kind of like epic uh, of, you know, building of this Tolkien kind of tale and I think he tries to do that in a way that, yeah, it comes a bit over, like heavy-handed. Sometimes it's excessive, um, but I really do like the the ways that he explores this kind of the themes of like, what's this relationship between man, hero, God, and you know, like God versus yeah. man. And I mean, like, frankly, I think it's he, it, from my perspective, it tends to have a more pragmatic view of of these type of people. So it's like the way you know, like you can look at, and again, I think this is why I think Batman versus Superman is a better film than people give it credit for. Is it's this notion that you know, like, what do you do with a guy who essentially seems invincible as is a, a god, right? And how would you react to that? I mean, I don't like that the type of hysteria that gets caused by things like a pandemic or like other what we would call acts of God in today's world and just in, in rea based in reality rather than like, forget the film stuff. You can't imagine people being like that, you know, like reacting the same way that they do in the Marvel universe. Like it's just. It almost feels like this is not even real. Like everyone's like, "Gee, oh, it's like okay, these people exist, and you know, they're either they're mutants or they're you know, they're like they have God-given powers, or they're Thor, or there's something you know, like Iron Man has this ability, to, whatever." But there's there's still some, there's an acknowledgement and a going with it that almost like this seems counterintuitive in the sense of I don't think if people really thought this or was this was the this was the reality of our world, we would not be this happy. And I think that's where it's reflected in films that Zack Snyder does. I'm just gonna say that much. I probably went on a whole tangent that probably people don't care about, but 
if you really want to explore these themes of heroes and gods, just check me out later. Um, but I'm, I think there's something in there that this seemed to be the, the culmination of that, or at least he anticipated this being the culmination of that. And I think he got to see some of that play out in this film. So I do like the opening of it though. And I, I agree with you. I think like understanding, like there's just the complexities of getting to that, what was that fishing village? And yeah. you know, like him having that conversation. The, great. Like, it's cinema. It's like, you know, not trying to draw in the Lord of Rings stuff too much, but the reason why, like, also Lord of Rings drew you in is because Jack's, Peter Jackson knew sweeping shots and people love journeys. Like, some of, like, the cinematography is all about a person's journey. Mm-hmm. And by just adding about five minutes more of uh, Bruce Wayne journey in to find Aquaman, not only makes you go, oh, Aquaman has isolated himself massively so like so you're already actually telling something about the character like by just the scenes you're doing so within this i'm already like aquaman is isolated there is there is there is huge stuff but bruce wayne's going on this journey and then then you also think actually also bruce wayne's trying to earn his like being listened to right rather than just turning up because in that watching the theatrical release it felt like he just rocked up in a really expensive plane really close to the village right and and it's like well then of course he's not going to like you because you're an arrogant asshole right. no no and that's where i think like that's the beauty of even that scene where it's like he has the conversation with them he gets jacked up whatever they give him the 25 and then like then it quickly it just cuts to him getting out of a chopper right like yeah. it's that contrast of like he could have been that wealthy and that rich to be able to get there but Again, he's earned the trust or he's earned the right to even have this conversation with them. That I think, I mean, it builds a credibility that you just immediately can kind of see and say, all right, this makes a little more sense than him just kind of going up to the guy and saying, hey, you want to join this team? We got this thing going on. You want to, like, you know, make, you know, and of course he says no, but like, at least this time around, you're like, okay, there's, I think there's, but there's an opening there. Whereas in the previous stuff, you're like, this makes no sense why he would even ever want to kind of come back into this conversation again. So, no, I, I agree with you. I think there's this again. They did the due diligence of, of providing that extra detail. I really again, those shots are. are I mean, I, I love those kind of like like wide angle shots that just pan through the like you're looking at this landscape and this this like little small dot kind of moving along. It it just provides so much more perspective and gives a richer experience. You've you've again. It goes back to and this is a back to the money thing, which we have to talk about on another podcast. But like you've paid the money to go to this place. Why, why guys? Why? have at least some at least a few minutes to legitimize the 20 million it's cost to fly everyone there and all this stuff like so it's like almost that is like like josh Whedon kind of looking at going no i don't want it and it's just like there was like okay like within if you think about what's being cut there is no reason okay cut if you hate the dialogue which josh Whedon totally changed these scenes right that's fine that's your choice but actually half decent establishing shots I don't understand what the reasoning why that journey of Batman to go and see Aquaman, which isn't that long, wasn't in. It was perfectly well filmed. There's no there's no dialogue, so you don't have to worry about it. Well, I think parts of that were reshot. Like so, there, there were just, so a lot of the dialogue was reshot. Um, but um, then it, again, what, but, what, what, like to what? make Batman, I think it was to make it was to force antagonism between the two of them because okay. the whole idea was Maybe like so what's quite interesting is that batman is like the the kind of cog of the team like bringing them together but like in this movie in the uh new one the snyder cut he's not that overly important other than doing those things and so 
but it doesn't feel unnatural that he's sidelined sometimes. It actually feels quite natural. Whereas in the uh, um, 2017 theatrical release, he is central to everything. Like, it is, it's kind of Batman's movie more than anyone's. And everyone else is a periphery character. And so all of that, like, you can see that the reason why they rewrote that scene, those scenes with Aquaman, is because to make Batman more of, and, like, have antagonism between, it's like, it just didn't work. Anyway, well, was. no, I, like, that's, I think that's where he isn't, like, he's an important cog in it, but he's not the centerpiece of it. And this is also where I think the, this version, or the Snyder Cut, did a better job of, of kind of highlighting that. It's like, I mean, I'm not going to jump to the end scene, but, like, at the very end, he's not fighting Steppenwolf, right? Like, because he can't fight Steppenwolf as a human being. Everyone else is, like, like, endowed with godlike powers or some type of abilities that just allow them to actually kind of, like, compete or even fight against Steppenwolf. He doesn't, I mean, even with all of his brains and his wealth, like, it just can't happen. So I like that they actually kind of put him on the periphery and that, like, kind of, that part of the film and you're like, oh, that totally makes more sense, right? Like he's, this is what he should be doing. He should be, he shouldn't be necessarily going toe to toe with him. He should be more of like, I'm going to watch, I'll observe, I'll try to keep the, those, uh, you know, those external factors from participating. But like, I can't be involved in that main fight. You know what he's like? He's like the Gungans in Phantom Menace, you know, they're this oh. useless stuff. I'm joking. Oh, uh, God. No, no, no I, I, I agree. I actually quite enjoyed that. I, I, because they could have easily concocted any reason for him to be in the fight. Yeah. Any yep. reason. And actually, they didn't try. But this is also, again, one of the positives of the movie is that by that point in the movie, the Flash has been built up. And actually, like seriously, now having seen the Flash in the Snyder Cut, they should have totally done a movie beforehand. Yep. Because you need to understand how powerful the right. Flash is. Right. Like, like, it's, it's almost crucial to this, this entire storyline, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and then this is the strange thing, because I think Cyborg's got a lot of the stuff. And I think that's... Partially a little bit based off also the, the issues yeah. that yeah, yeah, that, back, yeah. That, that's come out with um, the lawsuits and all this stuff. But actually watching it, I was like, I think it's kind of balanced between the cyborg between cyborg and the flash over who probably has the bigger arc, if you know what I mean. Like because I think I although think- a lot of the scenes naturally take place in a spot where cyborg is important, um, it's basically where like where one of the mother boxes like you are still kind of reinforcing over and over and over and over again i mean essentially spoiler and we already said this <laughs> it is the flash yeah no who saves like saves the world yeah. right? i mean like or saves the situation like and i think i know that they try to they try to kind of give you a taste of his power at the i think when they do the um what's it the scene with uh where they they're bringing superman back right like yeah. where he misses mistimes it and he has to kind of go back in time to kind of like that whole like, it's like the quick nod of like oh he can actually change like He's so fast that time moves around in reverse. Okay, so again, spoiler, apologies if you haven't seen the film, but at this point, it's a little too late. Um, but I do think, yeah, he totally deserves an entire film, like understanding the, the full spectrum. Like, how does he make a suit like that for a guy who doesn't have a job, right? Like, I, there's so many other questions. You're like, oh, wait a sec, this doesn't make any sense. But he's able to get great, you know, NASA grade um, equipment to make sure his suit is uh, allows him to operate this. And then healing powers? Well, Look, I, I'm not that big on the DC storylines, so I don't know the full extent of Flash's abilities. But my just general, like, again, I, I have a cursory, I would say a cursory understanding of it. I thought it was just speed, man. Like, he's totally just, he's about to he's speed lost. life, and he's like, he's fast as hell, and that's pretty much it. I didn't know that he could, 
reverse, you know, like, uh, or, you know, heal himself or add these, like, go back in time kind of things. Give us, yeah, give us a movie. I mean, even, you don't even have to go necessarily the Marvel route where you divvy up one movie, but maybe you could actually do more interweaving movies, but on a smaller scale, whatever you want to do. But, like, I want to see that. I want to yeah, understand, yeah. because the, the issue, and I think this is one of the issues the movie does have, is that I'm not sure the rules of the world, I don't know the rules of the world, and that's, because of how messy it's been. Sure. So it's just, you can't quite place, like, and, and I think it's still quite amazing they did a good enough job to keep you with them, actually, yeah. through this movie, when they were whacking and all this stuff. But, like, yeah, there are no rules that have been established because, again, you spent too much time with, even if you like the movies, man, uh, like Sp uh, Superman and Batman, and, like, give me context to how these worlds, how, how can Aquaman exist under the sea, and and the Amazonians exist. Like, there's a lot of things you've got to take, I think, without actually how, seeing how these worlds intertwine um, that actually would have been great movies and they would have done really well. Like, you could have... Sure. There's, like, five movies in this that you could have done pre-this and, and they were just, like you said, so desperate to get a piece of the pie. Yeah. That was... But, I mean, this is the thing. Like, if, if anything, they should have learned from Marvel in the sense of how long did... when Like, the difference between... Marvel, like Iron Man was what, 2008? Uh, and, yeah. and then like what the first Avenger film was 20, wow. 2012, so four years. Well, they had a few movies, like they have, they also have like, I'm not limitless resources, but they threw a lot of money at getting the character development right, getting these movies, pumping these movies out. You had Thor, you had Captain America, you had Iron Man. Like you built out the, the crux of the, you know, the, the foundation of what the Avengers were. And then you kind of threw in other elements of it with Widow and, and the Black Panther and some of these other parts. Well, not even then, right? Like, I think there was already a couple of films before then. So, like, all of these all of these other parts of it were kind of crafted within that. They were integrated within the building of this yeah. kind of story arc that just DC did not do. Like, they just didn't want to. And, again, I don't know. It felt like they were playing the short game rather than the long game on this front. Yeah. And I think, it, again, this is ultimately what burned them. But I will say maybe the pandemic helped them because, you know, a film like this now, which – we would not have probably have seen ever, um, and you know, but being that there was limited you know, limited ability to re to reshoot stuff, um, and you already have most of it pretty much done. Like it's just sitting on the cutting room floor. Pick it back up, put it, throw it back in, and and um, and get something like this done. Frankly, again, like I said, I think it's a it's a better film. I mean, there's issues with it. Let's and we can even go into. Yeah, that I right feel now. like uh, yeah, like, we're 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 moving on. So I'm just gonna say my biggest gripe with it was there was so much slow motion shots that it felt like all right, we get it. Like yeah. they're they're very fast. They're great. At, like they're amazing. Or and then like there's of course the Snyder kind of excess where you know he just like she blows up the dude. I mean like there's like. Why again did you need to do that? Like, just keep it, keep it tame, keep it, you know, regular. And uh, you might have actually had like a little more, just felt a little more tangible in terms of the actual kind of effects of where, like, I don't need to be blown away. I just need to be like, this is a credible thing that happens. Cool. Let's kind of keep the story yeah. moving and, and, and keep them going. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I had a couple of gripes. And, you know, again, I don't, I'll let you, you're typically, that's more of your thing. So I'll let yeah. you kind of lead off. Oh, definitely. Kind of, definitely. I'm more and then I'll just kind of say, what? You really think that's a problem? Uh, <laughs> but go ahead. So I think my first misstep, and this was just annoying because I had actually enjoyed, like, I was like surprised, like, honestly surprised. I was like, I enjoyed the cinematography. I enjoyed 
the Batman and like uh, the Bruce Wayne Aquaman kind of discussion, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, am I going to be totally surprised? And then it whacked me because there's the song that happens as Aquaman's going into the water. Okay. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then there's the scene, the slow-mo scene with the song with Lois Lane. Okay. Now, don't get me wrong. They did a better job with Lois Lane and uh, Superman's mother than Josh Whedon right. did. In his right. Scene. But like the slow-mo and it was, and then it ended. So they did a slow scene of Lois Lane looking depressed and wandering the streets with slow music. And, and remember, this comes after a slow song that goes on for too long yep. after Aquaman's kind of gone into the water. And I was like, oh, and then the scene ends and then we're back to something far more interesting. I, I can't remember what scene comes after that. And so I was like, that's where kind of, I was like, right, I know you're trying to do a movie and saying this is the this is how much stuff I've got, but yeah. that did not need to exist. Which then leads into a kind of bigger problem, and this is where you may go, what I think. <laughs> I actually don't think I like a Lois Lane and okay. B Superman. I don't. I don't like their. I think the idea that I'm watching a very CGI'd um, sunset yeah. uh, in Kentucky or wherever they are. Kansas, Kansas. by the way. Come on, even Sorry. Uh, that. It's uh, America. Who cares? Right. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, we're now getting into it. But no, I was like, you know what? As soon as it got to Kansas and it was those scenes, I was like, and I don't think I was particularly invested in, like, I think they think we're more invested in Superman than we are. And then that's kind of similar to sort of just the general population, but all actually more with this 2017 theatrical cut. But anyway, I was like, I'm actually really enjoying the cyborg stuff and I'm really enjoying this flash stuff and some of the new dialogue and the dynamics. Lois Lane stuff slows everything down and it's quite heavy handed. It's like the worst of Zack Snyder. And, and then Superman, who final battle, I would say I enjoyed because they changed his, his like in the final battle of 2017, Nothing mattered. It's just uh, Superman comes in, kicks ass. Oh, he could have won it without anyone else. Right, right. In this one, he actually plays a, he does a role whilst other people are doing things that are actually kind of more important than him. Yeah. And I really like that. So like that version of Superman, when they got to that point, I was like, okay, I actually like this stuff and the way he comes across and stuff. But actually all of the stuff before that, all of it, everything to do with Lois Lane and Superman, <laughs> I hated to the point where I was like, every single time they came in, I was like, I reckon you could cut all this, have Superman turn up at the end and go, well, huzzah, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it would have been a better movie. No, no, I, look, I, I, I would love to kind of find some reason to say like, this is, you're, you're completely wrong in the way you're taking this. I agree though. I, I like largely, I can't really like front and say, I thought they were beneficial, but you're right. They, they, well, you know, at least for me, I felt like this movie. They played a B. They played a B role. They didn't necessarily play a, an A role, which I think was important because I don't think I think it would have overshadowed Cyborg. It would have overshadowed Flash. It would have overshadowed like in the theatrical release. Man, the role like he plays in terms of saving families, moving house, like that was like step back again. Again, like there was an entire Russian town that was there, but in the the theatrical cut yeah. that needed saving next to a radioactive like. This didn't, a lot of it just didn't make sense. It just felt like an added kind of like way to, to add stuff to do. Uh, maybe they had to kind of pay for the reshoot. Uh, and so they had to actually kind of find stuff to, uh, for the storyline. But this way, I, I mean, I agree with you, Lois and and largely Superman. I don't think he has – I don't think he has that big of a role in the film though that you could be like, 
all right, I I have a real problem with the way that they perceive him because like he's only like in the movie really like twenty minutes, but that's twenty five minutes maybe. Um, and that's why, and it's like him just like, hey, now I remember starting to remember this, or you know, like what's going on with my house? Like, but you know, everything else is kind of like, you know, you have to give him some screen time. You have to give him some screen time, but that's why you cut it out because it's like he isn't. He's important because the part he plays at the end is kind of hang, but like. You know, like, I just think Storytelling 101, I think, could have kept all of that out and it would have been, you still have, you need Superman in there, right? But I actually don't necessarily think, you, basically they wrote themselves into a corner because they obviously had the scene, when it come to this, we're going to have to talk about the epilogue after. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. That's, uh, that's a whole different. That's, ooh. Um, and they kind of, with that flashback scene, uh, no, <coughs> sorry, the future scene where Lois is the key, which put them into a corner to have Lois, when actually, I think you could have actually dropped her. If this was just a normal movie, three hours long, I think you could have just had, you could have structured it slightly differently so that Lois is actually really not massively part of this journey. And actually, it's in the second Justice League movie of the trilogy where Lois comes back in because this is just Superman dealing with the intimate threat and then after that it's dealing with he's come back to life what does this mean and, and like there's a lot of things you could have done sure. I think she shouldn't have been in this movie like at all and so yeah I, th I just think all of that what I mean like again I think what he was my this is me, not me taking up the stand for, for Snyder here, but I do think she couldn't necessarily not be in the film. Like, she had to have some role because of how crucial she is to the whole story. But that's the Superman yeah, arc. That's because they... And I, I don't know if they, they, they boxed themselves in. Maybe they did in the, the previous film. But I do feel like they just... I, in all honesty, she had to, like... I don't know how much... You know, again, I don't know how much they paid her. But she had, like, I think... Not a lot of screen time for somebody who is, you know, of her stature in terms of what she could have done in terms of building in the role. Maybe there's a limitations because of just the dynamic power dynamics. But I do think, like, it, we would be remiss if we didn't say she, him being brought back to life and then him seeing people he doesn't know or doesn't like and then not having her there would have been a, a fatal flaw in the film. So, and, and maybe you can disagree with that. Maybe you can, uh, you can find some reason to kind of agree with me, but maybe... <laughs> Knowing you, you probably won't. Um, but I do think that, like, a part of that makes sense to me. Like, oh wait, I'll stop fighting because I see the woman that I love. Um, I, I, look, I, I think I can buy the scene in the, when he's first resurrected. I can buy that. I just, I, just, I think you could have, I think you could have had a line of dialogue which is like whatever she would call him, Superman or like Clark Kent. Like it could have been like, look. There, there is lots we need to talk about. Like these, these are good people. Blah 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 blah. Right now, the world needs you. Right. We don't need you to go into your house putting on a uh, nice flannel, yeah. telling you like and standing in uh, and touching the corner. And, and so I think it's just you could have just with a little bit of a rewrite, you could have had her be the impetus that she he um, trusts, retrusts the team, or not even retrusts. Like I think a really interesting way could have been like almost this kind of he's not Superman particularly that he's kind of begrudging, but he's doing it for Lois. Sure. But actually, that's not how it was filmed. Like if you watch the ending, he's more like, "Hey, Superman!" Right, right. Like I'm. Um, and so I think I think there was just a very interesting way of taking that that I think they probably were not 
necessarily going to. Um, and although I did hear that uh, their kid was going to be Batman, so. Ah, well, you know, like I think that was interesting. Like, there's like, let's let's just talk about some of the, the scenes in there that they added that I think, you know, like he's hinting to these other parts of it. Like, we'll have to obviously talk about this kind of whole Martha Clark or Martha or Martha Kent um, scene as well, or yeah. regarding the you know like the Martian hunter and all that other stuff. Oh God, the Martian, the Martian Manor. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like there is like the I think they do like show a pregnancy thing like. Uh, and I'm, and again, I have to kind of go back now. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to kind of process and a lot to go through. I, well, and I just want to note though, I will say that I do think that the way that they have shown this film in the chapters is makes it so much more palatable and, or at least, uh, I think it's more kind of, uh, accessible for viewers to watch. Like I could, I could, I can stop after a chapter, right? Like I don't actually have to watch all of four hours as a continuous film. Like I can be like, oh, okay, let's break it up. And I don't, I mean, unfortunately, I didn't have access to the original platform in which it was released. But, like, I think, again, that the ways that, that this is, this is a Stop now. talking about pirating. No, I never said that. I never said that. <laughs> I just said I didn't have access to the original, you know, the, the platform. So, perhaps the way that they have it outlined, it's, I, um, I think, if they actually have it broken out in chapters, like, as, like, a streamable, like, I can watch chapter one, I can watch chapter yeah. two, I can watch these these things as just little pieces and not have to, like, stop the thing. Like, it's almost like that Netflix of episodes, like... That would actually be pretty damn cool, and I think again, you know, for the sake of the for the sake of this argument, I do think that that helps, and I do think that's why you could probably have scenes like this. But I think again, he alluded to so much in this film that I think that's also a bit of the flaw of this film. But I maybe one of the niggles that I have to say with like this is uh, you're just you're just throwing in stuff now that you don't necessarily need to, like the premonitions. Where does how does Bruce like? I mean, I know this is kind of Flash working in, you know, like I think it just adds enough. Let's, let's be extra honest. confusion to the film that you don't need. Let's be honest. The epilogue was pointless. Yeah, no, like, no. You had the. Uh, well, is it pointless? Because I, I would say. Well, I mean, it's because like, he does make an, he makes a mention of it. Like even it was like the one premonition that Bruce had in the film of like Lois is the key. Yeah. Uh, scene that I'm like. I don't, I don't you didn't necessarily need it. You don't need it. Like I, I agree with you. I mean the. But it felt like that was the only try to tie into the Super Batman Superman kind of. Yeah, I, okay, I think they could have done without. I think. No, sure. I think they they had the beautiful, you know, but very standard kind of hero shot where they're all in a line, and maybe the first two minutes of the epilogue, which is kind of tying a few bits together. Oh, Lex Luthor and uh, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe that type of stuff is fine, but like the future stuff and. Jared Leto's. Um, oh yeah, that was slightly fun. weird. Like, so he's different. He's not the Suicide Squad. Um, kind of, kind of. Well, like, like but he, 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 there is definitely an element of someone going act a bit more like Heath Ledger. Yeah, like yeah, within it, right? And that. and and so you kind of like. Um, and don't get me wrong. It, it, there's something beautiful when you see Batman and the Joker actually. Have interaction, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, because it's you realize how how DC have actually screwed this up because you've got two naturally wonderful like characters that actually Marvel doesn't have, and it's right. small scale, like Joker's small scale, yeah. um, and and the Batman's human, and yeah. so you've got something far more relatable. Um, but yeah, you've managed to screw it. anyway. Um, but no, it just didn't need to happen. It was it was kind of you know what I was like. This is a four hour movie. It is, well, I mean, whether you call it a movie because of what it's like, I was like, okay, you can have that. I, I know if I'm ever going to watch it again, I would 
probably never bother watching the, the, that last 20 minutes. No, no. I mean, and like, in all honesty, you, you probably imagine that you're going to be skipping through parts of this movie anyway the next time you watch it, right? So I would say... Like, Three on, Lois Lane scene. Yeah, no, I mean, look, you don't have to go that far. I think, <laughs> look, in all honesty, though, I don't understand why he couldn't just cut like down even the, like the Amazonian uh, fight scene. Like that was, again, way too long. And valuable, but like Ten it could have been, it could have, it could have been ten minutes. It could have been twelve minutes. I mean, there was this parts in each of these kind of, uh, you know, like these grander shots that he's doing that he could have just like, hey, you cut it back three minutes here, four minutes there, and you would have had a three-hour movie, and you would have been that would have been a releasable thing that you could have like kept your vision, you would have kept yeah. the, the integrity of the film in a way that still allows you to kind of have all of the great character development. I think we're forgetting yeah. Cyborg. Yeah. Like that whole storyline to me is again, that's another fascinating oh. piece that we never really, we did get to see a bit of it, but it just felt like one, no, two scenes, two yeah. scenes. No, no that was, it was a gross error in the, the yeah, first two one. scenes in the original, uh, the theatrical release of um, Cyborg. One, him being a bit mournful and two, with his dad saying a couple of things like, or like you kind of get, in, you understand what's happened to him. And then you have the amount of scenes that have been built into this. And just the focus of the movie, largely, for like the second half, like focuses at least on the locations. The dad plays a bigger part. You understand, like, and actually maybe it did come in the epilogue where he put back together the video recording and listened to it kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think it was like the tail end of the Okay, maybe it was that. I can't remember. I'd say this is part of the problem of a long movie. Yeah. But anyway, there is... Um, there are some cringeworthy scenes still um, oh, within course, that yeah. but no it, it does suddenly Cyborg's a character that I'm like disappointed I didn't see a movie with yeah um, rather than just like oh they needed metallic guy in the 2017 release and, but like again the role that he plays is essentially the most crucial role yeah. right like in, in order to stop all of this he needs to go into the mother like the mother boxes and or the mother box and kind of like yeah. then change things we don't know why he was able to do that in the first, the theatrical release. There's no explanation of it. It just says, oh yeah, I may be able to do this. I may be able to kind of like figure this out. And it's like, all right, well, like, who are you? Like, how do you, how did you come to be able to kind of be able to potentially solve this, this world ending problem? Um, and he's I, quite unlikable in the theatrical release. Not the actor's fault, but yeah. the way it's cut. He's well, actually, no, no. he's Moody McMoodison. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he's, and he's kind of like, what, having just watched it, he was sort of an ass like every one of his dialogue and like he yeah he's gone for a lot he's brooding but in this the snyder cut they give much more time for you to understand and for him to come and see like his relationship with the flash yeah it's a relationship there's a thing going on like not not a thing thing but like (laughs) they actually have dialogue you can see the flashes and like but it's built out so that when they do something together like you're like oh stakes and like oh i feel quite good about that they've done something together. Whereas in the first theatrical release, they barely even like are on the same team. Like you could actually be like, these are two totally different people. Again, I think, like I said, there's so many errors in the ways that the, this was cut, the, the theatrical release was cut that you just like, this, look, I know you're trying to get out, rush out a product at this point. I think there was like a, you know, kind of like just a race to the finish line um, that, yeah, I mean, I think it really left out the cyborg stuff. It left out the Flasher stuff. I think it left out bits of Wonder Woman's um, kind of you know background as well. Like, I mean, there's just just a little bit of it that every like and every little bit counted for that. I think, and that's what you're seeing that the differences between this this version of it, the Snyder Cut versus the theatrical release, that I think is just 
this is why the film is that much better. It's also sometimes the weakness of it. Like I think you know, like I really enjoyed that that scene where they they introduce Darkseid and they under like again big elephant in the room. Like we don't really talk about Darkseid, but that literally is one of the you know the biggest characters in the DC universe being introduced. And there's like no lip service, there's nothing to acknowledge him in the theatrical release. But this at least does the the dude like again that provides the background that may be helpful in saying. Guys, this is our Thanos. This is the person we need to kind of, you know, be taking on in the long run. Let's think about the bigger picture. So yeah, I think it gives. It still doesn't do a great job, but I think that's just uh, it's the wider problem with the DC universe is that, like, I think with Thanos, even though Marvel feels like it never has any stakes and nothing's ever at risk, at the same time you still felt it was quite big. Yeah. Thanos allowed you to understand and actually to be fair they screwed that up for quite a long time like they had like little bits of Thanos looking weirdly purple for a while and so it wasn't like they they got it right early on but I think when they got to Thanos they realized what they were trying to kind of do with it um, and you could see that this is where they were going but this segues I actually want to know um, we're all we're gonna have to speed up a little bit. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but I did want to know. You brought up on this podcast and not talk. Okay. I, I, I know, I know. But I don't think people want to listen to the four-hour, four-hour version, sure, sure, sure. like podcasts. I'm just trying to cut. Um, Steppenwolf, right? We both agree it looks better. Yeah. But one of the downsides to me, and I, I want to hear your take on this, is, oh my god. Some of the dialogue for Steppenwolf was some of the crappiest I've heard from a villain ever. And it, it was so bad that I was getting really frustrated because I was like, I like what you've done with him. He's now a foot soldier. That, that works. Agreed. You've got, uh, that was... you've, you've got a big universe now. This makes this bigger. The stakes are... And again, watching rewatching the factual version, I was like... Wow, this feels so undercooked in terms of the baddie and all this stuff. But the flip side was that, oh my God, every single scene he was in, I was like, generic baddie comment number one, comment number two. Like, I don't know what your thoughts are. Uh, well, um, I will say it's one of those things I kind of think I conveniently overlooked. Uh, <laughs> like, I just was like, all right, like I, I'm like I'm digging the the new look for him anyway. Uh, the armor, I think the armor, the, the the powers he was exhibiting, like the the usage of it, like felt felt much more natural and felt much more in place. Um, so, <laughs> look, uh, I wouldn't say Snyder's like dialogue is is always going to be the most the thing that you draw out of, of his films. Yeah. I think it's more about the action and again the the storytelling. Um, yeah, no. Look, that's the, if, if you're going to quibble about the the Steppenwolf piece, I will. I'll take that one and say, yeah, that's that's bad. Um, I I kind of have to re- like I realize again, he just felt like a generic baddie though, which is I'm okay with because again, he's not the baddie that you're really looking for. You're looking for the other one, um, and I think that actually in this film is more apparent than in the previous film, which kind of then I think gives them the the, the, uh, the out of saying like. But he's gonna—he's not gonna be in any other films. Like he's done. Like this is, this is a guy we're using to kind of just set up the the larger piece. So yeah, I'm okay with you throwing him away and, and giving him some some you know fairly generic or blah 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 lines to to kind of make it seem like hey I'm you know I'm a tough guy. This is what I have to do to kind of do things. So yeah, I'm 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 I'm, I'm playing one side of this. I'm playing. No, I, I mean I think I get what you're saying because I mean it's like that's not devi- again we're comparing with Marvel because that's the easiest thing to do. But like. God, Marvel spent half of its time with terrible baddies that did, like, your motivation was unclear, uh, they were generic, and then have, 
you know, was 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 Steppenwolf's motivation unclear though? No, no. But what I'm saying is, like for Marvel, it was Steppenwolf's was clear. But I'm saying like, um, like generally, just have these generic baddies that are placeholders for the next baddie to come. That's kind of growing into the bigger thing. I think obviously DC's problem again is it took us to get to the big Justice League movie to introduce the kind of Steppenwolf thing when. Again, an additional three, four, five movies. He probably would have been potentially in instead of the troll in uh, the troll type thing in Batman <laughs> versus Superman. Yeah. Like you may have introduced him a little bit earlier, and so you would already have introduced, teased a little bit of the um, Dark Seed stuff. Like so, there's there's just that it's more of a problem of how they've decided to rush into the Justice League, and then suddenly you're like. Well, we're actually in Justice League now, so I feel like I should have a pretty decent baddie. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's kind of why it doesn't really work. So he um, like the only thing I think they tease him at the beginning, like where that like when when Superman dies and he does that call out, like which again I think that's also a great way of like really setting up the mother boxes and the whole maybe why even though it doesn't really make sense if you're thinking about it like chronologically. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it this is this is a super like hero film, by the way, guys. We're not really kind of like going to parse out the logic of all of it, but. It did, it did feel like they because I think what was it Lex Luthor looks at him. I just watched the opening scene again, um, and I thought like he sees the mother boxes, and then there's like Steppenwolf like looking at the mother boxes yeah, yeah. as well. That like lets you know that there's a big character about to come um, based off of this. But you know you're you're right. I think um, Marvel has also done a bad job of doing that sometimes. Um, but again, I think like I said for the the usage of him in this film, I didn't expect him to be like the most verbose. Frankly, you don't want him to be too good because if he then starts to take away, like you might have to kind of try to bring him back. There can there might be some type of element. Like I'm not saying he was a throwaway, but he felt like he's he's serviceable. Like he's not what you're gonna you know, like. He's not ultimately the villain that you want, but like for the purposes, of, it's he, a villain you deserve. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's exactly it. You know, I was setting that up, guys. He did. He finished my line. <laughs> Mark, quick to it. Uh, but like, yeah, he felt in a way that like he's just like the superpower. Like he's a brute in some respects. Like yeah. he's. He's got some tactical kind of elements of it, but like, I mean, he's doing interrogations. It didn't really like, like, again, he's not the guy you want. He's just merely a way to kind of say, hey, look, look at the powers that are, you know, like our guys can do. And when they put themselves together, this is the kind of things that they can just like crush and destroy in no time. And now we need to kind of figure out what this, well, one, what this freaking formula is. And two, like when Dark Side comes or did you say Dark Seed? Dark Side, Dark Seed. I can't remember. Okay, I'm just I'm curious. I've never heard that. I've never heard that. Uh, that pronunciation it might be the British version of. Like, no, no, no. It totally isn't. Uh, it's just someone who doesn't really care uh, about. This. What you never, like, uh, Mark. <laughs> this is why we can't. We can't actually really do a real podcast. Right? You, you haven't invested the time in the comics. You haven't done the. You know, this why we can't have nice things, Stan. Uh, no, no, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yeah, so I think. Um, no, I think that's fair enough. I think it's it's less of a problem of him and his betrayal more. What, what movie he's in and where in the timeline of movies um, and, and his technically like, like I mean DC is now such a mess right that I could quite easily see this doing quite well and then suddenly them saying we're going to let Zack Snyder finish the yeah, trilogy yeah. I could see that happening although it's going to be hard because Ben Affleck especially in the because re- in the epilogue that's where he came back in to do reshoots for Snack Snyder. Right, right that's all um, new, right? And Ben Affleck looks kind of bored. <laughs> at, no, no, I, at this point, I, I mean, it sounds like he's, well, now we know he's not the next Batman anyway. Yeah, so, so like, there's like a limitation. So maybe, I don't know how they pivot to that point. Um, it'll be interesting to see. But I do think, you know, again, like there's a, 
a part of where where all of this is like uh you know like not quite there i frankly you're right i think they do have an issue in terms of because like the last wonder woman wasn't great either like uh and so you wonder where the future of the universe is going to go but i mean i'd just be curious you said so steppenwolf was one of your other criticisms what were some of the uh other potential, you know, uh, no, negative points that you took away from the film? No, like, uh, like I said, I thought um, sort of the lower Superman stuff wasn't particularly interesting. Steppenwolf, I thought, was eh, cringeworthy at times. Um, Slow-mo, exactly the same. I was like, oh, my God, really, how many times? I think there's one in particular with Aquaman when he's going into the water, and I'm just like, oh, it just takes so long, and that's halfway through the movie or whatever. Um, but I, Actually, I found those scenes to be the hardest ones to watch, yeah. like... The, like, it didn't feel like, I mean, it felt, I guess maybe because the, the vibrancy of the Aquaman film yeah. actually makes it look like the colors that I think there's even like a just, it feels so drab and dark and in a way that you didn't necessarily need to do. And that may be, again, a criticism of the way Snyder portrayed this um, yeah. that's different. But I do think those were some of the parts for me that were like the most like, all right, let's just wrap this up because I don't really care about the, you know, like what's going on with the Atlanteans. Like I don't, that's not a, a storyline that I'm, I know how this kind of ends and sort of sadly. And so you're kind of like, great. Uh, I mean, I know you had to do this in order to set this up, but like it's almost too late to like, they could have cut those, a lot of those scenes out and like, um, and then just had maybe the, the battle between the Atlanteans and, and, um, and Steppenwolf to kind of recover that second mother box. But outside of that, gut and throw away. Like that would have been one of those things. Like you've already done the, the second or the, the first Aquaman film, we already kind of know too much about it. Yeah, we can kind of keep this moving. Um, yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think I think it's splitting it up into chapters like they did helps you watch it, but I think it's just four hours. It's four hours of stuff stuffed into a movie, and so there are times where you spend way too much, way too long a time away from a character. And then they have no natural scene to intertwine with each other. So there are some very basic, what I would say, kind of movie-making choices that that maybe wouldn't be in there if it had been a tighter three-hour cut, which there is a there is a I actually think there's a good move three-hour cut of this movie in there. But I think the four-hour cut just allows you to drift in terms of pacing um, away from certain characters and allows some of the bonds to start kind of falling by the wayside um, because of because of that kind of structural choice. Well, you know, I think, so for me, I think the, the logic around this now is like this four-hour cut was like, it's like a post-Justice League world, right? So in some respects, they had to provide as much content as they possibly could. They couldn't just give you like the three-hour cut. Like I think people would have been like, oh, well, you shorted us. This isn't something I want to spend my, like, Part of what's all this discussion is it's a four hour long movie. Like who makes a four hour long movie, right? Like I think it's to drive the discussion. Yeah. And this may be smart by the the you know the, the studios and 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 part of the kind of narrative that they're driving around this this film. But the other part of it is like, well, if they were going to make a theatrical release, and this is again the Snyder version of it. And if you're starting to look at like what gets cut, um, I would have said like, all right, because we know Aquaman, that would have been cut, right? Like that would have been something we didn't need to see within this post-Justice uh, League world that you probably would have had to insert. But there's parts of this film that, like, just, like, this is way too long. And I think we can all agree that it's just way too long. And in an ideal world, it would have been maybe max three hours. And you still would have had a very good film. Well, I mean, let's be honest. A better film, maybe. They're, they're now working out ways of 
monetizing and divvying up things so much that I wouldn't be surprised if they do a three-hour theatrical release cut of the Zack Snyder. Wait, you didn't hear about the, the black and white version of this? Oh, I've heard about the black yeah, and white Which version. is like... What? What? Why do we need this? Why? So, uh, so yeah, and people are going to lap it up, and and but, but but so I think that to me is another one. Like, who's lapping up a black and white version? Oh, black and white, I don't think. But I think you'd probably do a three-hour version, release it at the right time whilst the cinemas are opening, like COVID, <laughs> and make a bunch of money because all you're doing is you're editing it down. So the hard work's already done. Yeah. yeah. So it's, no, no, sure. it's so I could imagine that that happening. Yeah. Uh, the rest is just kind of fanboy. Anyway, so. I wanted to come to a bit of a conclusion. Um, so can you just kind of wrap up your general thoughts and would you recommend it? So I'm stopping no score out of five or anything like that. Just like, Oh, I had my score ready and we're like after the last one. Uh, yeah, okay, no, okay, we can still do this. For so, you. so you want the score first and then my wrap up or you want the wrap up and then my score? I want your score. Give me a brief why. Like, so your wrap so up why. I, I gave, uh, my score is, uh, since I know your, your ranking is inadequate but we'll give it the five stars that you uh you seem to like so out of five or do you want do you want to do out of ten no no no, no. it's fine no it's fine no No, life is all about improvement stan so no no uh, this is mark's podcast so we're gonna go we're gonna play by the rules here so i do know that there's a little bit of room in this and so i'm gonna say three and a half stars out of five uh i do think it could have gotten to four um if it was shorter if they had cut out Again, recognizing that this is a post-Justice League world and Aquaman's out, Wonder Woman's out. Like there's many scenes that you could have kind of done away with that would have literally gotten that thing under three hours. And then at which point I think it would have been a useful kind of like this is something we can watch at one clip. We can say, you know, like, oh, there's more to if you if there's, you know, again, if you're really interested, there was obviously more. Maybe there's like an extended version that you would kind of release as like a, a Blu-ray or some type of like add on that post, you know, post this. But I think the expectation around this four hour film is like art of the selling that I'm thinking I'm a little annoyed by because frankly, you didn't need it. Um, and it feels like a bit of like a novelty almost as a selling point. Um, but I do think that honestly, that three and a half comes from, I love the ways that he's exploring this theme again of, of man, heroes and gods. Um, I liked that, that scene where they all kind of had to come together to fight dark side and, um, when he, I guess, first arrived thousands of years ago, it was cool. It was cool. Like it was, it was something really kind of like, oh, this is a great special effects. There's like a little bit of like, like the action scenes were were well done. It almost felt reminiscent of Lord of the Rings in some respects on that front. Um, that I think there's really a value to this that's immeasurably better than what Josh Whedon film came out with. Like it just felt like so shallow, so surface, and so I think this one. Dives into greater depths. It allows you to explore characters. It builds on uh, you know these other crucial characters in the film, like Flash and Cyborg. Um, you get this relationship with him and his father. Like I think is that's also a little bit. Yeah, do I actually think it's is as present as some of the other stuff in the Superman and maybe in the Batman films? No, but like it's it gives you a start of it, and you get to see it kind of play out. That I think it is a very it's a better film, and in an ideal world, this would have been the film we got originally. Um, so for that, I will say it's three and a half, maybe 3.75, if you can even do that on that level of it. <laughs> but for the most part, I think just to wrap up my kind of perspective on it, I think also like I do like the way that they segmented the film with the chapters. Uh, I do like that, again, that they, they went into greater depths in terms of the building of the characters. The action scenes were pretty good. Uh, I have issues with the, how much action was in there and how much of the slow-mo was used. And some of the storylines don't make sense. Like my biggest – and the other probably the biggest negative that I will say with this film is – they explore so many different things like as if they were setting up this new world 
that I felt like now I'm confused. I don't even know enough to kind of be able to kind of follow the threads. And uh, and again, I think that's partly my my biggest issue with this film is like it tried to do too much too soon. And frankly, the first film did the same thing. It just did it in a different way, and it it, it landed in a in a pile of crap. But like this one, I would have said like it's serviceable. It's something you could probably go back and rewatch. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's you know it bears like. This isn't going to be an epic that you want to just throw on and watch with your friends later. It's one of those things that's like, okay, this is the story. And now we're going to be able to kind of explore these other characters in a way that hopefully allows them to build out this universe. Yeah. Okay. And recommend it? 3.5? It's recommended. Right. Yeah. Right. I would recommend it. I mean, like, you you almost have to. Like, these, these films, like, given the way Hollywood is, and we're going to be generic with these in Hollywood, like, Superman, I mean, our superhero films are here to stay, and they're not going anywhere anytime soon. So if you want to, Kind of get left out of the, wouldn't call it water cooler conversations, but the pop culture kind of relevancy. You kind of need to see these type of films. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying it's hit, like you know it's cr- crucial for you to be able to operate in that way, but it definitely helps you. So yeah, I recommend seeing it. Okay, excellent. Um, and yeah. yourself? Oh, uh, three out of five. So it's good. Oh well, we have the same essentially the same scoring. Well, no, I'm half a point. Well, yeah. almost point seven five. Uh, oh yeah, that's almost a point. Yeah, well, let's give it three and a half because I I do think it's uh, there's too many drawbacks to really give it the four. So it's, so it's look, it's it does enough to warrant a three. I think some of the gripes I have with uh, Snyder as a director were toned down, which make it more watchable. There were actually scenes that I enjoyed and went, oh, that 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 w- that was good, that was fun, um, and like you say, like like. You know, they get their ass kicked by Steppenwolf in one one halfway through the movie, which creates better tension for the end of the movie. Um, there was purpose to a number of the characters that weren't there before. So 2017 version is terrible, abhorrent, and will be watched in the way it should be watched as part of a jokey evening of crap movies um, with the original Fantastic Four from, not the original, but the one from 1994. Uh, well, where, not with. where they had to make it in order to keep it right, so they just bunged together the worst movie ever. I've never even seen the movie. Uh, it's terrible. Wow. Um, so anyway, there is there is it's a far better movie than 2017, and it's actually um, in a good way. It shows Zack Snyder. There is a good director within that, per, like person who wants to do the epics, have his action, and finds a bit of a better balance between those stuff. It gets a free and not going above that because of. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that I don't like within this. And one thing that just popped into my mind that I really got annoyed with is, oh, every time Wonder Woman came on, they couldn't help but put her theme tune blaring as loud as possible. I was like, yeah, I get it. It's Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, so there's just like moments like that where I'm like, uh, I wouldn't probably forgive George Lucas in the prequels for some of these choices. And so I can't forgive Zack Snyder. So yeah, it's free. I would say it's not for everyone. If you don't like either... Snack Snyder, but if you're really not a comic book fan or anything like this, you're not suddenly going to get turned on by this. But I think if you were waiting for a clearer, more interesting version of what Zack Snyder's been doing, um, a probably more coherent take on the God's Monster stuff than what he's done before in any other movie, I would say. Um, I think, yeah, for me, if I was to say this, don't watch... Man of Steel, don't watch Batman versus Superman. If your entry point is going to be anything um, that's along the Zack Snyder line, just watch this movie. Um, I don't think you need to watch any of the others. 
So it's, yeah, so I think you should, if that's your thing, you should watch it. Uh, stay well clear if it's not, because there are going to be people who hate this movie, maybe even more than Josh Whedon's, because Josh Whedon's has an element, even though it's terrible, is light and breezy, and you're done within two hours. Yeah, this, exactly. this, if you don't like it, you're in for a long slog. It's four hours of um, of, of snack cider, and you know, all that is. I got one thing. I, my, my other biggest gripe is it's such a waste of talent that they had J.K. Simmons, and they only used him for such a... Not a trivial role, but like they really like they gave him maybe two scenes in that film. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm a big fan of him, so it's it's one of those things I wish I had seen more. Oh. But I did think they gave Jeremy Irons actually pretty a pretty good. Like Alfred had quite a bit of a role in that. And he was better in this one because in the last one he was joke character. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, you didn't get the guys together. <laughs> like you know, it's it's it felt very like yeah. He was almost like you know just messing with Batman at some point. And uh, you know. oh, one of the saddest things about. Um, uh, the, the how the Spider-Man Sam Raimi trilogy ended was it took J.K. Simmons away from us yeah, yeah. as that wonderful uh, what's his name from Joe I was like John, John Jameson yeah uh, oh like the Daily, if uh, there's a character that jumps from the comic books and is portrayed exactly how the comic book was like he is he was amazing and he's in Whiplash and things like so I completely agree yeah, you've yeah. got this wonderful character that essentially does absolutely zero within the movie. Um, and 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 again, that's that's that was the Batman movie. Wait, wait a minute. was he was he the commissioner in the Batman versus Superman? I think so. Okay, I've but been, I mean that's the thing. Remember. Going back to it, it's like if you build up your individual movies, and we would have had a um, uh, uh, Batman solo movie or whatever, and then you have him in it playing more of a fundamental role, and you've got this awesome commissioner. Like, well, no, I mean, like, look, he's he's just a criminally underrated actor, but like, I understand why he had such a little role. Oh yeah, I mean, in this one, yeah, he's yeah, like, but, but like, I, I mean, again, I almost, I just like seeing him in films like this, but I also think. I always like to just, I would love to see so much more of him. So he's just one of those actors I, guys I love. So um, anyway. Absolutely. Um, so we are going to call it a day there because we've gone into a bumper hour and 21 minutes. Um, so I want to thank Stan for your... Thank you guys for having me again. This has been fun. Yeah, just, uh, this is, it was quite nice because I've actually watched five or six Oscar nominations in a row and it's all been pretty heavy. It's like uh, Promising Young Woman, Minari, Nomadland, Sound of Metal... Uh, I also did the Chicago Seven. I started doing Mank as well. Which oh I think wow! Is kind of overrated, by the way. But I'm oh, gonna come back. I was going to say that that's for another podcast. Yeah, guys. No, I'm that sure it's, uh... that's going to be one of my short take podcasts. Because <laughs> um, yeah, I, anyway, but we can come into that. But I want to thank everyone. I think this it's a fascinating. I think there's a there's going to be a movie made about this movie. No, we just. I think we just. There needs to be a conversation about where the the film industry is in terms of the financials and why they are incentivizing. Specific themes or specific types of films that we've had this discussion off mic numerous times, but I think it's it bears worth even maybe doing some research and actually coming back and like hashing out like because I just want to I want to understand why I don't really there's a lot of decisions I can okay make. so we only recently started this podcast so as all podcasts <laughs> you start working out the different themes for the different channels within your podcast so I think there's an element of we've got our review sections and then I think there's probably going to be some kind of more hot, wider takes within the actual industry and kind of what's taking place okay, that I think okay. we can do. Because I think otherwise we're going to end up doing these four-hour-long podcasts with like two hours of us debating. So, so sp- expect a spin-off at some yeah. point, right? You so know, we're, gonna, uh, we're going to do a spin-off. We actually okay. expect it within the next month. We're going to do a spin-off where we talk about... Because I think if we don't talk about it now, things are actually going to change. We're going to have things opening up and 
yeah. you know, our, our predictions won't be quite as interesting because we won't be proved to be wrong right. <laughs> when, when the exact opposite happens. I can't be right? Okay, no, that's, that's good. Let's get it on, on, on tape soon. Okay, cool. Well, thank you, everyone. Um, thank you for joining us. And please uh, listen to us next time we do a podcast. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Bye. Bye.